This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have a great time today because we're talking with someone else who's part of C-Suite Network. Love that when that happens. Um, But more importantly, we're talking about leadership skills and how to be a great leader but not at that really high level. And so I love this concept. And so we're going to have so much fun today talking with my guest. So please join me in welcoming Tony Chapman to our program today. Welcome, Tony. Hey, Deb. Thanks for having me on. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you before we get going. Where there are people, there are problems. Tony Chapman turns problems into progress. As a corporate relationship expert, Tony destroys the dysfunction that burns out executives, frustrates staff, and ultimately stalls success. His strategies for understanding people and processes enable organizations to achieve their goals through listening and leadership. Tony is president of Chapman Enterprises and author of the book, The Force Multiplier. The Force Multiplier is a touchstone to inspire leaders to transform people and their personalities into a high-performing team that gets the job done. He is a keynote speaker, corporate relationship expert, certified speaking professional, author, and as I said, a C-suite network advisor. So again, Tony, welcome to the program. Hey, Deb. Looking forward to this one. You know, it really is going to be so much fun. And I have to say, I was looking on your website, you know, doing my, my little due diligence, my research, and I love this quote that you have on there from an anonymous person that said, forced to attend, unwilling to leave. And don't we all want to be speakers like that? You know, it's like, oh, God, I have to go to another presentation. And then they're like, keep going, keep going. We don't want it to stop. I love it when things like that happen. Oh, absolutely. That I'll keep that quote until the day I die. And it mm-hmm. may be on my tombstone. It may yeah. be in my eulogy somewhere. That was, that was the moment I thought, I, I've, I've actually accomplished what I wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it is true because, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're digressing here, but you know, when we are speakers, you know, we've, we've got what we think is an absolutely fabulous program. And clearly somebody else thinks so too, or they wouldn't have us come in and present. But how many times is it that people really do go because they're told they have to, or it's part of the conference that they're attending or, or things right. like that? So then when you have such great content that people are, are really are saying, no, 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 we don't want this to end, you know you've hit a home run. Yeah. And, and it's a combination of the content and the connection, right? right? It's being able to take that content and not just get it into someone's head, mm-hmm. but into their heart and hopefully into their soul. Right. And when that resonates in such a way, people are drawn to it. It's mm-hmm. just what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that ties back into what we want to talk about. And that's about being that good leader. You know, how is it that you, you know, when you're leading your team, whether it's, you know, one-on-one, 
in meetings, you know, whatever it is that, that they're thinking, oh my gosh, I want to do this. I want to work for this person. I want to help them, you know, all those things. And, you know, as I mentioned at the start, we do lots of programs. We, you know, we read lots of books, all these things about how to be that CEO that leads the world. You know, everybody wants to follow you. And your, your point in the book, which again is called The Force Multiplier, is that there's a lot of other people who are leaders in an organization who aren't that high level. You know, they're the, the manager, they're the, the team leader, the project leader, the whatever it is. And it's those people who really make or break the success of the project, the company, the, the whatever it is. Right, absolutely. And, you know, the challenge for me was, as I would look at most books, they weren't written for the average leader. Right. They were written for the person who's trying to turn the ship and change the culture. Mm-hmm. And most people don't have the bandwidth to even think about that. They're dealing with someone who says, well, that's not in my job description. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, forget turning the ship. How do I not slap this person? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, right. it's, it's trying to figure out that, you know, and not only that, a person needs these basic skills in order to get up to the C-suite. The idea mm-hmm. is that the person in the C-suite has this foundation that's been built years ago. The problem is, is that most writers are forgetting that that critical foundation must be hit if you're going to produce great leaders and eventually great members of the C-suite. Right. Yeah. And, and there's different motivations at those two different levels. You know, the C-suite person wants the company to succeed. They want to keep their job, you know, all those various things at a very different level than the manager. I mean, the manager is leading often because they've been told to, not because they wanted to. And, you know, and, and I love that, you know, in your book, you talk about, here's kind of how to deal with that, right? You know, those, those uh, you know, unintended leaders, you know, and, and how we can help them. And to be honest, you're right. We've all had those leaders that were like, oh, bad choice, bad choice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and oh we've probably sometimes been those ourselves. It was like, oh, I really shouldn't have done this. So you hit a funny part because, so the original title of the book was going to be Why I Hate My Job. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I, for years, I sat on that title and everyone I talked to, it resonated with them because they understood that, hey, look, I actually like what I do right. and I want to make you know a difference and I want to have a good career. But most people have had situations in which they were doing their work in spite of their leader, not because of their leader. Mm-hmm. And so that was the original genesis of this book. And then it just... Finally got to the point where, yeah, people are going to love this, but the right people will never read it. Right. Because if it's titled that way. But th- that really is the issue is that we've all had, not only have we all had leaders that were not good, mm-hmm. very rarely have we had multiple leaders in a row that were great. Right. And that's what we have to fix. Well, and a big part of that is, first of all, obviously, that we promote the right people, um, but then that we give them the training. Um, you know, I remember years ago when I was promoted to uh, be a department chair, it was great. I loved it. I thought, Woo-hoo, I've got that title, right? You know, we all think that. I get, I get new business cards. But nobody actually worked with me on how to lead and, and it was particularly hard because I'd been a team member for a long time. And then all of a sudden, I was in charge. And, and that, that was just very difficult. Now, 
hopefully, you know, hopefully I was successful at it. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, you sometimes wonder if you were or not. But it, it, it is true that we promote people and or, you know, or we hire them or, or whatever it is. And we don't give them the skills that they need in order to be that good team leader, that good department manager, good, you know, whatever it is. Oh, my gosh. You said so much in there that I, I, I got to stop for a minute. Um, so on the one end, you're absolutely right in that. It's almost assumed that you'll figure this out by osmosis, right? right. I, I, I got promoted and I got what I call the pitch. The pitch is, Tony, you're doing a great job. We want to talk to you about your career path. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to be a few people to supervise. Don't worry. It'll be easy. All you have to do is get them to work just like you're working and everything will go well. Right. And you thought, sure. Yeah. They don't say, oh, and by the way, you know, there's three other people who really want to be promoted and they're going to be mad because we chose you over them. Mm -hmm. And you got to, you know, fix all these relationships with your peers and all this other stuff. And it's almost assumed on both ends that this will naturally work out. And it right. does not. Right. But then you said something else that I don't want to skip over. It's the assumption that we're promoting the right people. Mm -hmm. And the danger is this. In many organizations, the way the career path is set up is that the person who's be being promoted to supervisor or manager or team lead, they're being promoted because they're great contributors. Right. They're the highest producers. Mm -hmm. But that does not translate into leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And that almost sets people up to fail in and of itself. Then you combine that with the fact that we're not giving them great training and mentoring and coaching and consulting. All of a sudden we have this cauldron of disaster just waiting to boil over. Right. So, you know, it's all of that together. Well, and when you become that manager, team leader, you know, again, whatever it is that, that, that authority person, there's a lot of other things that you might have to be doing. You know, I remember the first time they came to me and said, it's time for you to work on your annual budget. And I went, no, 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 I'm a communications person. And they said, but you have a budget. I went, no, no, no. I had no clue what to do. You know, and, and, and they literally just said, here's last year's budget, come up with the one for next year. I was lost, you know, and, and fortunately, you know, I, I had good people who worked for me, all these various things, and, and we were able to do it. But how many times does that happen where we give them a task or, you know, the, it's the, the other duties as assigned. I always love that. Yeah. It really were things you weren't trained to do, um, you know, and, and have no skill in. Yeah, mine, for me, it was, and now it's time for performance evaluations. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've been here four months in this role. Right. Shouldn't someone else be doing that? And that mm -hmm. was like a complete disaster. Even with all of the prep I could do, it just, it, it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not hard to give training, but it takes time. It takes having someone like you come in, um, you know, some things like that. So let's, let's kind of go a little bit backwards though first. How is it that, that you decided this was what you wanted to do is to help people through this, these processes? Yeah. So when I started working with organizations, I realized, you know, there's really three dimensions. You have product, process, and people. Mm -hmm. We're trained on process and product. That's mm -hmm. what we go to school for. We do the majority of our training in that area, but it's the people side that's also, that's often either the competitive advantage or the Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. So th that immediately stood out to me. The other part is I had been studying relationships 
for over a decade before I started doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, how people connect with each other, whether it's you know friends, family, marriages, the whole thing. This is something I had studied like it was a science. Mm-hmm. And it became very obvious that the dynamics in the workplace were the exact same as the dynamics in the home. There were some right. slight issues, but it's still relationships. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's assumed that people, you know, they just, they get it. They don't need the training in this area. And the minute I started addressing these areas, it was like magic. Mm-hmm. You could immediately see a change in culture. But not only that, you could see a change in productivity and a change in profit. It, it was that obvious. Right. And it was this, this great convergence of what I had been studying and training for, the opportunity that came up, and the need that it was able to, to meet. Once those all came together, it was just obvious for me. Mm-hmm. So you decided to write this book, The Force Multiplier, what the heck is a force multiplier? Okay, so a good friend of mine is getting deployed to Afghanistan, and we decide mm-hmm. to have this deployment party, we call it. It's Basically, it's a going-away party. He's going to be gone for a year, and mm-hmm. so some of his closest friends were all together at my house, and mm-hmm. we're you know sharing about you know how we're going to stay in touch and make sure that his wife and two young children are taken care of and everything from you know emotional needs to the lawn's going to be mowed and everything else. And then a friend of mine who's a uh, lieutenant colonel in the Army, he said, you know, you're what we in the Army refer to as a force multiplier. Just by your very presence, you get the most out of everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And the minute he said that, I, I, everything else stopped. Because I thought, you know, I study leadership. I teach on leadership. We define leadership in so many obscure ways. But rarely do we say, as a leader, because you're there, more happens. Mm-hmm. And you actually bring out the best in not some of the people, but everyone around you. And that concept in my mind was so clear. So for me, the idea of a force multiplier, it's what a force multiplier really is, it's a tool, right? It's like a lever. Because okay. you know, if you have a lever. If you push down on the lever, the amount of force that you use to push down the lever is multiplied into the force that's exerted onto the object, right? Mm-hmm. You're literally multiplying the force that's there. As a leader for a false multiplier, you're multiplying the effectiveness of your group. That's mm-hmm. really what it's about. And it's literally getting the best out of everyone to cause, and I'm going to use a, a 90s buzzword, to create synergy. Yay! Right? Yay! Synergy, right? Um, but but it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's, if you have a great leader, a great leader figures out what motivates each person, what mm-hmm. drives each person, what what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses, and how they best contribute to the team and how to get the best out of them. And if you a good leader, if they do that, they create teams that are amazing, and they become leaders who are indispensable. Right. You know, one of the things that I loved about your book was you talked about that there are different types of personalities, and we see this, you know, all over everywhere, you know, and, and, and whether it's that you have to know how to work with Gen X and millennials and baby boomers or, you know, all these various things, nobody's the same, right. you know, and, and you have to be able to deal with each one, and, and a true good leader 
knows how to work with each person. And, and you know, that's, that truly is a huge skill to, to have because, you know, the, the tendency is to just say, go do and and not worry about okay is is Betty worried about her kids today is Bob doing you doing you know all these various things and so let's talk about the four personalities because I, I love them and and you know of course as I'm reading your book the first thing I thought oh that's me and then I oh that one's my husband yeah and, you know, and and but more importantly I was thinking oh that that really explains X person so let's let's talk about the four different personality types. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll lead off by saying what you just said is almost universal mm-hmm. that people will sit in a workshop and they'll go from that's me to that's my boss mm-hmm. to that's my spouse to that's my kids to, Oh, that's my coworker who drives me absolutely nuts. But now I get why they drive me nuts. Right. Right. It, it's all of those things combined, which is exactly what I want people to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. it Because you you mentioned that we've we've experienced this thing with personalities, but often we don't allow it to change the lens in which we look at people. Right. Do or we that. try to force them back into something else. Right. Exactly. But w- when we allow it to, when we allow it to have us come to the realization that not everyone is like us, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I need to take people where they are and help them where they are. Amazing things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you want to just jump into this? How do you want Let's to do? Just it? jump into it. So, okay. So, there's four conductors, MC, diplomats, and navigators. So, yep. pick one and go. <laughs> All right. Um, conductors. Conductors have four basic needs, and when I say needs, oh, these are everyone has wants and desires. Mm-hmm. I'm using the word needs because. Without these needs being met, it's hard for them to function in a positive way. Right. Okay. So conductors, they have four basic needs, control, mm-hmm. power, respect, and recognition. Okay. They want to be in control of things. They, they need a sense of power. They must have respect. That is critical for them. And they like to be recognized. Mm-hmm. When a person's wired that way, they have some very basic strengths. They're, they're self-motivated. They're goal-oriented. They're very productive and hardworking. They're, there's, now, there's a word that's really important. They're, they're decisive, right? They don't need all of the information in the world. They just want enough bottom-line information to make a quick decision and move on. They're mm-hmm. fine with that, right? They move quickly to action. They're not easily discouraged. That's one of my favorites. They can take a hit. Right, they're like that guy who and goes. They're like, to the yeah, club. yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're that guy who goes to the club and mm-hmm. asks twenty women to dance. Mm-hmm. Say, That's a number game. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you could ask three people at the same table. Nope, nope, nope. Eventually, someone's going to say yeah, and I'm cool with that. Right. The problem is, historically, this personality, because they're so productive and hardworking, has been overvalued in the workplace, mm-hmm. and it's almost been forgotten that they come with some areas for improvement or growth, right? Right. Uh, Because they can often be workaholics. Mm -hmm. And even though they like to work independently, they also like to be independent even in a team environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very competitive and they must win it often. I mean, it's like one of those things where I got to win. They're the ones most likely to say things like, you know, it's my way or the highway. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they can micromanage it in inappropriate times. Mm-hmm. They could be completely blind to the emotional state of other people. And people could almost be crying and they just, it's like their emotional radar is not even on. And so right. they're just not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. And they often demand respect regardless of whether or not it's been earned. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have a person with some very great strengths, but also some strong areas where they need to grow. Right. Do you think a lot, based on the description, my assumption is, but I wanted to to know what you, is it that most leaders tend to be conductors? Because that's kind of that take charge, you know, I've impressed the world, so I'm going to get promoted type of, of thing. I would say most leaders are either... I don't, I don't know if I want to say most leaders are conductors naturally. Mm-hmm. Most leaders have to take on a, con, a conductor-like persona right. to be accepted in leadership. Mm-hmm. So they often wear masks. That's not who they really are. But mm-hmm. in their mind, this is what leadership is. So this is who I'm going to become. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, that even creates more stress because right. it's not who they really are. Well, and, you know, we, we do see that happen a lot where the wrong person was promoted or, or not necessarily that maybe the, the right person was promoted, but not given the proper resources, you know, and, and so, yeah, they think I have to be that tough person. You know, I mentioned that I was promoted and, um, you know, and I had been a team player before. And so then it's like, well, I have to be in charge. So I can't be your friend any longer. Right. And, you know, all of those various things. And, and of course, the, the people that you used to work with were like, wait a minute, we used to go out for drinks every Friday. What do you mean you can't go out? And hey, you've got that corporate card. Why can't we go out? <laughs> you know, and, and so it, it, that's where it really tends to, to be glitchy is when you have someone who, as you said, is forced to take on some of these, these personas. Yeah, and sometimes it's not even that that's communicated. It's just that that's what's expected internally, right? Right, and the but we think is, we have to. I have to be in charge. Right, and because each of these personalities has their own strengths and weaknesses, any of them can be effective at leadership right. in their own, using their own methodology. That's mm-hmm. the key. If you stick with your own methodology, you can do this, but you got to stick with your own. Mm-hmm. Well, and I loved in the book you were talking about the fact that, you know, if we're dealing with a conductor, one of the things that, that, you know, that they want, and you mentioned this, is they just want you know, brief information. You know, so if they say, hey, Tony, give me a status report, they want four sentences, not four paragraphs. Right. Yeah. So I've had this conversation with my wife because she was reporting to the CFO of her company. And during one of their conversations, he kept saying, well, you're not giving me any uh, updates on really important stuff. And in her mind, she's like, wait a second. I've been sending you all of these emails. And mm-hmm. I finally said, let me see the emails. Right. And I opened one. I said, oh, he didn't read it. Mm-hmm. It's way too long. He looked at it and never read it. And she mm-hmm. goes, look, three bullet points and move on. Right. And because that's not how she's wired, mm-hmm. that's not what she would naturally do. But she had to translate her communication style to fit him. Well, and you can always say, if you need more information, let me know. Right. Right. The problem is, is if you're not wired that way, you think, oh, but they're just going to want all the information. Well, we and always think we need to give you a ton of information so we can justify our existence, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. Just, I have to show you I've been busy. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and that's one of those places where our natural instincts betray us. Mm-hmm. And we become, instead of being able to be force multipliers, where we're able to 
you know, positively affect everyone, we find out there are people that are easy to lead, people mm-hmm. who are like us, mm-hmm. and people who are challenging to lead, people who are diff- different than we are. Mm-hmm. That's the difference there. Right. So what's the, the next uh, category of person? Well, let's go with the MC because the MC is fun. They're, they're kind of the life of the party, but they have very different needs. Their needs are attention, approval, praise, and popularity. So attention, mm-hmm. approval, praise, and popularity. But that's very different than control right. and respect, right? And often you'll hear people say, you know, it's more important to be respected than to be liked. I would say not for the MC. Right. For the MC, it's far more important to be liked than to be respected. They want both, but being liked is primary. Mm-hmm. Their strengths are they're talkative and they're social. They're enthusiastic and they're often incredibly creative. They can think outside the box. And for some, they don't even see a box, which is a whole different level of creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, They move fast, similar to how conductors do. And they're often thinking up new ways to do things, new activities. They're volunteering for things. And they have a great sense of humor. But, you know, sometimes a person's strength, if it's taken to an extreme, can become their weakness. Mm -hmm. One of the MC's greatest strengths is that they're great talkers. One of their greatest weaknesses is that they're great talkers. (laughs) I mean, it's like they could talk too much at the wrong time, and they could be disorganized. And here's one. They can exaggerate. I have a friend who's a pastor, and I would talk to him. I'm like, hey, so how's church going? Oh, it's amazing. Church was phenomenal. The choir did this. We had about 450 people at church. And right when he said that, I'm thinking to myself, the sanctuary holds 300. That's not true. Uh-huh. Right? It's just, that's just, but in his mind, it's just getting bigger and bigger the more he talks. That's totally well, And he's not doing it to be deceptive. I mean, that's the, the thing to, to keep in mind. Right, exactly. It's just that that's just how the mind thinks when you're wired that way. Mm-hmm. And so everything becomes more dramatic, more ex- and they're more expressive. That's how they talk. And, and, and what's interesting is people who are MCs, because they're creative and they don't see a box, they're naturally disorganized and they're easily distracted. So they'll volunteer for a lot of things, but they won't finish a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a challenge. And, and, yeah, two other things is are two other things are they're often very emotional in their initial response. So they overreact. If mm-hmm. great news, oh that's awesome, something bad, oh my gosh, the world's gonna end. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just this immediate thing. And they not only don't plan or prepare, they feel that it limits them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a calendar because I need to be more spontaneous. I don't want to plan because I work best when I improvise. And you can't do that when you're leading other people. Right. right? So Because they're going, uh, uh, what? <laughs> exactly. You know, and so the funny thing is the media, now that we've talked about these two groups of people, you can easily see why there would be a problem with them working together, right? You've got, right. you've got get her done with, wait, 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 wait. I got a story though first, mm-hmm. right? It just, that doesn't work together. Right. Well, and you know, Anybody who spent more than about two minutes with me knows that I'm basically an MC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, people are like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but it was really funny because as I was reading this, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that is me. Um, hello, I talk too much. Um, and 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 
I have learned that I really do have to focus. I mean, one of the things that, that I got from a guest of mine on the, the program, she's been on several times, is to do to-do lists. And, you know, and so I actually created my own form so that, you know, it, 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 I got creative. Um, right, yeah. And, you know, and, but I created the form that works for me and for my mind. But it is because I'm, I am the person that goes, oh, squirrel. Oh, what's on Facebook? Oh, you know, in fact, earlier today, Facebook was down. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And, you know, and I am, I'm the chatty Kathy. I am the person that definitely wants to be liked. I do have a little conductor in me because in many cases, it's fine. I'll just do it myself. I can get it done faster. I can get it done the right way. And, you know, and, and all of these, mm-hmm. but I am an MC. I mean, you know, I, I see that very clearly. And, it, you know, it's one of those things where I'm thinking, oh, okay, I need to like reread that chapter every time I, I need to go and work with somebody. Um, you know, and, and, and I do want to put in a little, a little aside here. You know, we're talking about this as being teams, but as I was reading this, I was also thinking, okay, this is, I need to keep this in mind when I'm working with my clients, you know, and, and, and other people, you know, so it's not just that I am the team manager, I'm the department manager. It's, you know, how are you interacting with others to get a task done? Might be volunteer, might be whatever, but you know, that, and, and so this really, I got to tell you, I mean, this, this really was enlightening for me to go, oh, okay, that (laughs) is me. Well, so it's funny. I'm actually a combination of a conductor and an MC as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I'm extremely strong in both. In fact, I took another assessment and, you know, what it used for MC, it says, he exceeds what our instruments can measure. Mm-hmm. You know, so that means I'm like off the chart, right? Right. And so part of that is, so my mind, you know, you combine those two. I'm like a 16-year-old boy who just got his driver's license and was given the keys to a Lamborghini. Right. And that's, my mind is like, fifth gear, I'm gone. Yes. Right? Oh, Yeah. And so we're going to do this and this and this and this and this. And I talk that way. I think that way. I I act that way. So when I work in a team environment, I'm extremely aware of that. Mm -hmm. I can't be that way. I need to be what's best for my group. Right. When I hired an assistant, I thought I don't need someone like me. Mm -hmm. So I hired, I made absolutely sure that I hired a navigator, which we'll talk about shortly. Mm-hmm. And it has been the best thing I ever did in my right. life. Right. I, you and me both. My producer is a navigator. Right. It, it was just like, I, because I need someone who can cover all of these weak spots mm-hmm. when I'm with my clients. And that was what I had to learn early because at first I was so much of a conductor and MC with my clients that I lost some important ones mm-hmm. because I didn't slow down or I responded when I shouldn't have. But instead I've learned to use these as strengths. And so most of my clients don't view me as a vendor. They view me as a partner. Right, because we have such an important relationship, and so I figured out how do I leverage that strength of being an MC to make sure I'm good with my clients, and how mm-hmm. do I I leverage that as I'm building my own team of trainers and consultants, and mm-hmm. and all of those other areas. So, right. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about a diplomat. Diplomats are stabilizers. Mm-hmm. Diplomat, and so the, all of these words, we, we came up with these words for a reason, right? Conductor, when I came up with conductor, it was the idea of this is the person who stands in front of an orchestra with their baton 
and they move their baton and everyone responds and they're like, this is exactly how I want life to go. I'm in control and everyone follows, right? An MC, that's the person who gets up on stage and gets everyone's attention. Right. Everyone's like, yay, the MC's here. Right. Yay, you know, things are getting boring. The MC pops back up and lightens the crowd. And the MC, hey, something blows up and the MC just fixes it and they get to improvise and do their thing. That to me, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. The diplomat, the diplomat is that person who keeps war from happening. Right. Right. They're the ones who they go in and they've they've got relationships with all the key players and they come in and they kind of, you know they're thinking this and they're thinking this, let's kind of work out a deal. And and when you're, we're not talking, these are skill sets talking. This is how someone's actually wired. They're built this way. Mm -hmm. And when they're built that way, they have some very specific needs, but their needs are really different Mm -hmm. than the conductor and MC's needs. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing a diplomat needs is peace. Right. I don't mean peace on earth. I mean, peace around them. No squabbling. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes. Everybody shut up and be happy and we're going to be rocking and rolling. Right. Mm -hmm. And they need trust. Mm -hmm. I've come to learn that if I'm working with someone who's really a diplomat until they fully trust me, they're only partially working with me. There's Mm -hmm. areas that they're not letting me into Mm -hmm. and that trust has to be earned. And if you don't earn it, it's not going to happen. Right. And if you ever do anything to betray that trust, game over. Right. Because that's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the third thing is self-worth, which is they're not going to do anything that devalues how they view themselves. So mm-hmm. they're not, there's barriers they're not going to cross. There's, there's, they're going to be true to themselves. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Because they're wired that way, there's a few things that are really cool. Number one, diplomats are naturally empathetic and sympathetic. Right. So they can walk in someone else's shoes and they could just feel it and sense it. They're, they could tell, oh, that person, they need a hug. That person needs a kick. I mean, they, they just know it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't shut it off. It's just there. Right. They're very temperate. And when I say temperate, you know, Conductors, they get angry. Mm-hmm. MCs, they go up and down, right? They overreact. Mm-hmm. Diplomats, smooth and steady. Never mm-hmm. too up, never too down, always in the smooth range. Mm-hmm. They're great mediator, mediators. They're great at pulling others in. They're calm, cool, and collected. They're very consistent. They order the same thing when they go out. They do the, I mean, they just, they love that. And they're very agreeable. Mm-hmm. And you can't confuse agreement with buy-in. Right. They're agreeable because they want peace. Right. They're keeping the peace. They're, they don't want to argue. Exactly. But that's different than they're bought into whatever your plan is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so those are great to have. And in fact, I would argue if historically the conductor has been the most overvalued in the workplace, historically the diplomat's been the un- most undervalued. Right. But truthfully, they're so needed. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. if your organization is like a car or like an engine, it could be the best engine in the world. It could be a Ferrari engine. It could be a Maserati engine. But if you don't have any oil in it, it's going to burn up. Right. And the diplomats are the oil that keeps the engine from burning up. Mm. Uh, but they have some areas where they can grow. 
Uh, they often avoid conflict because it messes up the peace. Mm-hmm. They don't like to take risks because when people take risks, they flip out and it messes up their peace. Right. They often resist change because people lose their minds during change and mm-hmm. it messes up their peace. Mm-hmm. You see a pattern here, right? <laughs> um, right. They can be compromising. And in a strange way, they can be kind of judgmental, especially mm-hmm. when about how other people treat people. Mm-hmm. And they're not moved by goals. If you expect them to be motivated by some great goal, that's not going to happen. They're more moved by people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remember that because they're going to come across as not assertive and not goal-oriented. It's not that they don't care. They just don't care about things that are not people-centered. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's really the diplomat. And the cool thing about them is they tend to build political capital with the other people around them. Right. And that's where their strength comes from. And so they're the ones that are most likely to be the reluctant leader. Mm-hmm. They didn't look for leadership. Leadership found them. But if they can learn to leverage that political capital and the relationships they have with each other, with other people, I'm sorry, they're phenomenal leaders when mm-hmm. they do that. Okay. Well, and it is tricky for the diplomat because, as you said, they they often will go along just because they don't want to have any issues. But because they didn't say, well, wait a minute, that can cause problems, um, you know, and, and so it's, it, that's one of the, the hard things is to get the diplomat to be raising those objections, asking those questions without putting them in an uncomfortable position. Yes, absolutely. And, and when, you, when they actually say something, it's pure gold. Right. Because, yeah, because they, they thought it through. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. They're not like me that goes, well, yeah, but. <laughs> I got an idea. Let me give you a moment to think about it, but I'm going to keep talking until that, that idea comes to you know, clarity. But mm-hmm. just, just go with my words until this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yep. So then the okay. other person is a navigator. And I, I love this because, it, you know, it, actually this was, you know, as we mentioned, you know, you and I are, are kind of that high level high energy and so we need the navigators to say (laughs) bring us back down to earth so the navigator was the first name that i came up with because it was the most natural Mm -hmm. it was so obvious as i was trying to figure out how do we how do i name these right and i had been working with personality types for since 1996 i think so you know i i know this stuff but you know, when you think of a navigator, they're always trying to get you to a destination. They're right. always navigating mm-hmm. and they always have that in mind. And, and often the things that irritate MCs and conductors really turn out to be the fact that they're just navigating. Mm-hmm. And that was so eye-opening. Um, navigators have three real needs. Need number one is order. Mm-hmm. Right. Things have to make sense. They have to be in order, organized. It's just easier for them to function. Mm-hmm. Number two, accuracy. If you give them any information, it needs to be thoroughly vetted because that's, you know, they're trying to they're trying to make sure that everyone gets to the, the right place at the right time and they need accurate information. And the third I call perfection. Mm-hmm. which never happens, but it's a better way to think of it. 
is navigators hate to be wrong. Now, mm -hmm. if you're sitting there on this podcast, you go, wait a second, I'm a navigator, and that sounds like an insult. I would say, hold on a second. I would say hating to be wrong is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Right. It, it, you know, in many ways, it is a positive. Right. Right. It's look, if, if you go get a haircut, we've all had people who would do our hair that just don't seem to care if they get it right. And you're like, right. I am never going back to you again. Uh huh. And nobody wants a doctor who goes up to them and they're like, uh, my bad. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that could be Oops. absolute worst thing uh -huh. you can hear from a medical professional, right? Right. right. You want, you know, here's exactly what it, you, you do not want my bad, oops, any of those things. That's why there's they're such a high standard for getting those, those mm -hmm. professions because they're striving for perfection. Mm -hmm. That's what you want in a navigator. And as long as you keep that in mind, you can value it. When a person's wired that way, they're naturally analytical. That's mm -hmm. just, they, they think through everything. They're naturally organized. You know, mm -hmm. I laugh. If you go into a na navigator's spice cabinet, that bad boy is organized. It may right. be alphabetically. It may be by food niche. It may be by all, all these other ways. But there is an absolute order to the way it's put together. Go mm -hmm. into their closet. Their clothes are organized. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. Uh, they're very orderly and detail-oriented because they know that the devil's in the detail. Mm -hmm. They're often great troubleshooters because trouble just seems to pop up on the page. They can see it coming from a mile away. Mm -hmm. I used to say that they're schedule-oriented, but navigators love spreadsheets. Oh, right. my goodness. It is like giving a woman chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's a spreadsheet. We could do this now. Mm -hmm. uh, because they want to be able to see everything on one page and make sense of it. Right. Well, and because of that, when things change, they can adapt, you know, because they, okay, well, you know, we, we went from here to here and, and, and they can adapt, you know, they can say, this is what we need to get from here to there. Um, you know, they like to do A, B, C, D and, you know, I'm the MC and I like to do A, F, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of floating around all over. But the navigator goes, okay, to go from here to here, here's what we need. And you skip this step. So here's what we need. Yeah. But what you don't want to do with the navigator is go, yeah, we decided we're going to go here instead of there. Right. They will lose their, whoa. Because yeah, it's not on their spreadsheet. Yeah. We're, <laughs> that is not the plan. Mm -hmm. we're gonna, we may go there after we go here, but we're still going here, doggone it. That's mm -hmm. going to happen. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, they're naturally economical. That's right. kind of the thing. They, they figure out a way, and I don't mean financially, they just figure out a way to whittle things down to the, they make the, the most sense and you have the less effort for greater impact. Mm -hmm. Well, and to that point, I would say they're probably good time managers because they know they have to do A, B, C, D. They figured out, okay, it takes this long to do A, this long to do B, as opposed to, you know, me who goes from A to, to M. And, and, and because I skipped all those steps, there's no schedule. <laughs> you know, there's no yeah. time. It just gets thoroughly confused. And that navigator is the person who, who really did keep us on task. You know, if you said, okay, the deadline is Friday, they're going to make sure you meet that deadline of Friday. 
if it were up to me, I might say, which Friday? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you said earlier, you know, you had someone get you to do a to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about spreadsheets. The navigators created those things. Right. They're, they're like, oh, we need to make to-do lists and we need mm-hmm. to make spreadsheets. And, mm-hmm. and we love to use these things where you and I are like, all right, I got to do this to-do list. Thing. Right. Then well, I got to actually look at it later today uh, and actually do those things. Well, and a navigator, if they were to look at my spreadsheets or at my to-do lists, would go ballistic or, or at least, you know, freak out a bit because there's an awful lot of things that carry forward that I didn't get done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or, or, you know, and, and I, I do have a little box where I check stuff off, you know, I'm, I'm getting there and, but yeah, the things that I'm like, eh, whatever, you know, and, and it carries forward. I'm sure that would drive them nuts, um, you know, which is why on mine, I have month tasks, week oh. tasks, and then day tasks. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes in month and week. And, and that navigator would look at that and go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, so, you know, and that's part of the challenge, right, is that the navigator can easily see where those things could be better. Mm-hmm. And they could expect that we would think like they would think. Right. And I mean, those are the people who tell me, I check my email between 9 and 9.15 and then between 1 and 1.15. And I look at them and go, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I could do that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But, but we need them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I need that person to keep me on track. Exactly. And that's, so that's the problem is that we could go through all this. We forget how much we need each other. Right. That's the whole point. So from a team perspective, it's realizing I need around me navigators and diplomats and MCs and conductors. I need all of them. Mm-hmm. I also realize for those of us who've been married, we probably married our opposite. Right. I'm right. married to a navigator. Me too. So here's what happens. We date people who are a lot like us and uh-huh. it's a blast. It's awesome. Right. And then, you know, as MCs, we go, you know what? If I married somebody just like me, we'd probably forget to pay the light bill. Mm-hmm. Kids? Where'd our kids go? Yeah, it would just be <laughs> so then we find someone who, who's different, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're more serious where we're light. They're more organized where we're more spontaneous. And we fall in love with those differences. Mm-hmm. Then we get married. We say, I do. We go on our honeymoon and we come back. And then we try to convert them to being just like us. Right. Right. And that, that's the We forget all the reasons we fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they're trying to convert us at the same yeah, point. Absolutely. And so that is where all of your, your, your drama comes in. That's where mm-hmm. all of your discord comes in. And so now as a leader, we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. If, we're in, if we're a conductor, we often try to get everyone to function like a conductor, but that's not what we need. Right. So we, we understand, okay, you know what? I'm a bottom line, very direct person. Mm-hmm. But when I'm working with this navigator, I need to give them more details than I would normally want. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're navigating, they're charting out a course, they're, they're making my dreams come to fruition, mm-hmm. and so I need to give them what they need for them to be functional. Mm-hmm. And for this diplomat, I need to protect them from some of this unnecessary conflict and not drive it towards them. And I need to really figure out, okay, so 
you know, how do I put them in a situation where they can leverage their political capital even more? Mm -hmm. And how do I protect them from people who will betray their trust and all of these things so that I can utilize them in the way that's best for the team? And in doing so, it's best for them as well because Mm -hmm. they're happier. Right. That's really the goal of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that struck me as I, you know, as, as I was reading your book and then as we've been talking is, you know, in business, you know, in, in life and, in, you know, volunteering, whatever it is, we talk about having the skills, you know, I can do marketing, I can do spreadsheets, I can do whatever, but really it's about relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and so talk to us about why it is that companies forget that and, and, you know, how do we remind people that it is about the relationships? I think we're naturally wired to think about quote unquote hard skills and then soft skills, right? Mm -hmm. And we equate hard skills with being these things that directly affect the bottom line. Right. Unfortunately, we don't realize that relationships literally drive everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything from leadership, as we've been talking about, to sales, mm-hmm. because people buy from people that they like and trust. Mm-hmm. And you can have a great product, but have a per- horrible person representing that product, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It applies to customer service. It applies to you know literally every aspect of it, but it's relationships. And so we think, we don't need training on that. We don't go to school for relationships. We don't have, you know, it, it becomes this almost esoteric concept. It's it, kumbaya. It's exact. Oh my gosh. The number of people who are, when I come into a class, you can see on their face, please don't make me do a trust fall. You know? uh, like, oh, I, I hated would, those. Oh my gosh. I would never make someone do a trust fall. No. It's not going to happen. But so that's already wired into their mind. Mm-hmm. And yet, we know outside of work that we need relationships. Mm-hmm. We, we see it all the time. We, we see that's what gets us through life. And when we open our eyes into the workplace, we start to go, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. if I just turn that difficult person from an adversary to an ally. Not only would my life be better, but my business would be better. Right. It would change it. And it's simply a relationship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how many times have we either heard or thought, we're not here to make friends, we're here to get a job done? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and, and what we're really saying, folks, is th- this is not that you're being best buddies, you know, and, and, and that is the tricky thing, especially with being that leader, is, you know, you might not be able to go to the Friday afternoon, you know, Friday after after work drinking or, you know, all of those various things because you, you do have to kind of be that leader. But for some of these, you know, you, you, you know, we talked about having empathy. You know, some people need you to ask, how was your weekend? Um, you know, whereas, you, you know, the next person, are, they're just going to roll your, their eyes because that's not what they care about. So it's, it, but it, if you don't have those relationships that, you know, even at, at a kind of a basic level, your team, your group, your company isn't going to function well. Yes. You know, if I were to look at this from my, what I really want, here's what I really want. I want the average person to look at their manager and supervisor mm-hmm. and say, I follow them not just because I have to, but because I want to. 
Right. I believe in them as a person. I see their faults and I accept their faults, but I, I want to follow them. And that's part of the goal of being, you know, creating this for, force multiplier model. The other part is as a leader, I want you to be effective while still being your most authentic self. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea of understanding your personality is not, I understand this and I have to become a totally different person. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. Uh, I look at who I am. I'm not trying to not be an MC and not be a conductor. I'm still very much that. Mm-hmm. But because I understand where my areas of strength are, my areas of weakness are, I know how to cover them. Mm-hmm. And I know who to use to cover them and how to create more synergy uh, <laughs> between myself and I'm sorry that that synergy thing I, it's, it's the buzzword thing it's just like, I know I know right? you know, and 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 I, I love it when we have the buzzwords transparent oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know and, but, you know five five years from now we're gonna be saying the same thing about disruption right it, yeah it's, yeah you know, but, but we need those things you know if if we don't have synergy we're not gonna have anything right yeah, exactly. And, it's, and that's, that's why we work in teams in the first place, mm-hmm. right? The whole idea is the more money that's involved and the more risk that's involved, the more people that need to be involved, right? right. Teams follow the money. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole idea is I don't care if, a, if ev- after work everybody goes and hangs out. I don't care. But I understand people spend more time at work than they do anywhere else. Right. It can either be the greatest source of fulfillment or the greatest source of stress and frustration. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that, all of it translates into the bottom line. Right. Because, you know, studies show, Gallup has shown, you can accurately predict a team's profitability in sales by the emotional state of their team members. Mm-hmm. So if they're happy, they're more productive and more profitable. Right. If they're not, they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we're not saying that you're, you're going to have this group that, that then goes out and socializes, you know, or all these things. I mean, because there are people that we work with that we're like, okay, you know, great person, but no, I'm not going to go out to dinner with them. Um, right. you know, and, and so you're not creating kind of that family unit. You're just creating what will work for the business. Right. Absolutely. And and that will vary based on what your business is, mm-hmm. right? If you are a sales and marketing team, that is very different than a blue-collar manufacturing team, right. which is very different than a military unit, mm-hmm. right? They all have very different cultures and outputs and strategies. And so that's fine. But what you don't want is to say, wow, like most, I've got 30% of my group that is cranking. 30% is middle of the road and 30% that needs to go kick in the butt. Mm-hmm. That is often more a function of leadership than anything else. Right. Yeah, because you as that leader haven't given the the the, the 30% that needs the kick and, and even the, you know, the 30% that you haven't given them the right tools and resources and you're not working with them the way that, that is going to, to be the most effective. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so, you know, here's the hard part. Most people who are in leadership, and now I'm talking to the C-suite specifically, mm-hmm. most people who have been in leadership have been successful. Right. That's how you get, that's how you get to your position. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 
you're successful not just because of what you did. You were in the right situation. You were, you know, just lightning in a bottle happened. Mm -hmm. But we naturally become superstitious. When I say superstitious, we think, oh, this happened because I did this. So if I keep doing this, that's going to happen every single time. Right. And then when I do this and that doesn't happen, we don't go back and reevaluate ourselves. We go, something must be wrong with that person because this works. Right. Yeah, it's certainly not me. It can't be. It can't be. I'm perfect. This can't be me. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Right? So we, we, we try to figure out what's wrong with them versus going back and saying, how do I now modify and adapt my leadership so that it works in a way that's more universal? Mm-hmm. That's what we really need to do. Right. So we only have a couple minutes left and I just, I have this question that's probably like an hour's worth of, of another program. What do you do when you have the, the leader or the company who says, okay, that really is all kumbaya. We are here just to work. You know, get the job done. We don't care what it takes. You know, and you know, so how do you, you know, in, in, you know, in, in two minutes, how do you deal with the people who think really this is a waste of time or I don't have time to do this? Sure. Okay. So my question for you, if you just want to get work done, how much work do you want to get done and how much money do you want to make? Right. Those would be my two questions mm-hmm. because so the, the numbers show very specific things. For example, if you just talk about something as simple as giving praise and recognition, organizations that consistently do that, you're talking over 70% of their employees want to stay regardless of pay. Mm -hmm. So what's the turnover in your organization? Right. right? 72% are what we call fully engaged. That's, that's the, I'm cranking. I've taken ownership of this whole thing. And so what's the engagement in your organization? Gallup says it's about 29% universally, Mm -hmm. but it's 72% for people who do something as simple as meet a basic emotional need. Right. And so my thing is, if you want to make more money and you want to be more effective and you want to do it in a way that's less stressful for you, then this becomes important. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck in your old way and you're fine with becoming just like Woolworth and Sears and Toys R Us and every other company that could not adapt and be resilient because this creates adaptability and resilience within your organization, then you stick with your own way. Right. And, you know, and, and that really is the best way to put it is, you know, do you want more money? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then people are like, oh, okay. Because I venture a, a guess that nobody's going to say, nah, Tony, I'm good here. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we've got money coming out the wazoo. We're uh-huh. good. We're uh-huh. straight. Yeah, yeah not yeah. that. But that, it's that people don't help others understand that this is all about making a better organization. Mm-hmm. And it is productivity. It is resilience. It is turnover. It's, it's adaptability. It's all of those things are a function of whether your group of people can adapt as an organization. Mm-hmm. That's why it's really super important. Right. You know, and, and we are at the top of the hour, but of course, one of the things that just occurred to me is the fact that, you know, when you're doing this correctly, there are times where you're going to go, that person shouldn't be part of this team. 
you know, and, and, and that's okay, you know, because if you see that, they probably see it too. And, you know, and, and they are the person that's the, you know, they're the 30, you know, in that 30% group that is just really unhappy. So why not either find them a different position, a different role, or cut them loose? I mean, you know, sometimes that's the best thing you can do for somebody is to say, go somewhere else. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of skill. And I have to say, Tony, as I was reading your book, is that it pertains to everyone, whether it's, you know, you are a team leader, you are an employee, you're a business owner working with clients, or just in your, your personal relationships, you know, and, and so I really love that about your book, which again is called The Force Multiplier. Thank you so much. That, that's the goal is relationships really are universal. And if correctly applied, the principles in this book can help you in any facet of business or life. Right. You know, I mentioned at the very start, I looked at it and went, oh, that one's me. I'm the MC and my husband is a navigator. Um, because part of what you have in the book is how to work effectively with those other personality types. And I loved that. Yes. And, you know, it's, and if, if you're one of those personality types, what do you do to be more effective as well? So it's right. really from both ends. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, you know, I, I was, I was looking at that thinking, oh, that's that. And because we do, we recognize ourselves and I think, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to dial it back. I need to work with a navigator, you know, all those various things. Yes, absolutely. And that's part of life, right? We're all mm-hmm. different by nature. Right. And learning how to do that helps you, I hate to use the word, navigate, navigate through life in a much more effective way. Right. And in, in a, a more fun way, let's be honest about it. If we were with people who were like us, all the time, it would get pretty boring. Yeah. Although I would like to try it for a little bit. I do I believe know. you in theory. I know. And, and, and you know, it's <laughs> like you said, when we first, when we first date, we date somebody who is like us, you right. know, and, and, but then, you know, the, the rational part of our brain kicks in and says, okay, you've had fun. Now let's be, let, let's grow up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, let me be honest. Mm-hmm. Learning these principles has changed my life, mm-hmm. it's changed my business, and it's helped me do things in a way that's far less stressful and far more enjoyable. I mean, right. I love interacting with everyone now simply because I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. Well, Tony, oh my gosh, we're at the top of the hour and we still have so much to talk about. So that just means we will have you on again and, and can't wait to do that. But in the meantime, tell people how they find you, connect with you online. Sure. So my name is Tony Chatman, C-H-A-T is in Tom, M-A-N. You could find my website is www.tonychatman.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, it's as simple as Tony Chatman. I'm everywhere. The book is called The Force Multiplier. You could find that on Amazon. And one thing that is really, I think, interesting, with the book, you get a discount for a, a personality assessment that I designed specifically for this. And what I will do is I'm going to give Deb a code so that anyone who's listening and is interested can get a copy of the assessment um, you know what? Uh, I'll figure out. It'll be either be okay. heavily discounted or free. But Great. It's going to be one of the two. I've got to see what codes I've got left. We'll okay. provide that in the show notes. So that will be perfect. Great. 
I love it. Well, you know, as I said, we will definitely have you on again because I think this is, well, we, we, we've just been having so much fun. Um, oh, yeah. and, and you know what? It's because uh, we are the same personality types. But, you know, this really has been great. And, and most importantly, we've been providing great information. So I can't wait to have you on again. I am Deb Creer. I've been having so much fun talking with Tony Chatman, and that's T in there as, as in Thomas, Chatman. I am Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.